Hello everyone uh, and uh, welcome to GCS Connect Leaders Series. Um, I've got Deb Aspinall with, Aspinall with me today. Um, she is an interim consultant uh, that uh, we have been working with within our market for the last few years. Um, GCS is a technology recruitment agency uh, and GCS Connect is our way of building a virtual community uh, for the expert talent and the innovative companies that we work with. Um, and we use the leader series to speak to people about Deb to really give us their impressions on the current market, how talent is working and how that's interacting with technology and the wider kind of workforce. So really excited to have Deb with us today. Hi, Deb. Hello. Nice to meet you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good thank you start. for inviting me. Um, and in case it isn't obvious from my title, I... Um, yeah, I'm a consultant in the talent space, so both contingent and uh, perm. So um, I left Disney last year and I've been at the okay. BBC doing a, a contract since. Fantastic. Good stuff. So two two big brands. Um, and it's obviously... Yeah, uh, different very different, very different companies. But yeah, two brands that I love and admire, so... Right. And probably made a lot of both made well. BBC is non profit, isn't it? They've probably taken up a lot of our eyes over the years, haven't they? Disney and the BBC, you know. <laughs> well, I'm at BBC Studios, which is the profit making part, but okay. those profits then get fed back into the public service. So, yeah, Fantastic. but yeah, very different. Good stuff. Well, it's great to speak to you. And we really want to talk today about, you know, talent hiring challenges. And, and, and really building a strong HR community and network um, in this remote world. And I thought the, the key question I would start with, um, and I think it's really, really important to, to talk through it. And we've had a few uh, talent and HR people on, on this series, but it's really interesting to speak to someone coming into 2021 now. What do you think are the main hiring challenges that, that COVID has presented in the last year? You've obviously been through it both in terms of looking for a job but also in terms of hiring yeah yeah I mean I think the first you know the obvious thing to say is that uh you know businesses don't like uncertainty so I think mm. we've seen a reduction in um recruiting activity across most sectors obviously not all it's a great yeah. time to be in e-commerce um sure. but generally speaking um particularly in TA um mm. You know, in in in, in you know, TA, TA has been overall uh, talent acquisition has been reduced in most companies. So yeah. I think you're seeing fewer opportunities, mm. and as a consequence, you're seeing more uh, applications. Yeah, so okay. um, I think you know, I, I think most recruiters are experiencing this. Um, you know, we've obviously people have. Uh, been through redundancies that lots of companies are restructuring people are on furlough but they're still able to to secure other work so we're definitely seeing volume applications and and quite often you know people will use this time to think about their career choices and perhaps mm. experiment with different career you know career options so you're mm. you're seeing an increase in applications from people um, from different worlds, from different sectors, doing different things. Yeah. Um, and I does that mean? Does that mean that the kind of the customer service element, as it were, of talent is is 
it's put under more pressure. You know, you have to deal with more remote onboarding. You know, to develop. Yeah, more I mean, remote onboarding. When you know, remote onboarding. I think it, you know, businesses have had to adapt. Um, and I think for the most part, I've been quite successful. I mean, it is different. You know, I started working for a new company. You get, you know, you're having to form relationships with people without actually meeting them. Yeah. Um, you're trying to get up to speed with the company culture without being physically in the space. Um, and, you know, you're you're immersed into, you're, you're or rather you're trying to immerse yourself in the brand. And that just becomes more challenging when you're not physically there and you're not physically able to, to connect with people and have those spontaneous conversations that you would if you were sharing an office space. Um, yeah, so, you yeah. know, it, it tends to be slightly more formal because you're having to meet people through Zoom and that requires that you send them mm. an invitation. So you, you have, you know, it. In a sense, it's the same as meeting somebody in a meeting room, but you do lose that spontaneity, I think. And that's just not an onboarding piece. That's just a challenge, I think, yeah, um, right. that, that, you know, across the board. But um, I, I suppose one plus, and I don't, you know, I, I, I haven't canvassed mm. other companies, but my guess is that in some ways the processes have become faster for recruiting. Yes. I think yeah. many companies have really tried to remove some of the bureaucracy in order to, to, to unblock um, uh, the process during COVID. And, um, you know, decisions tend to be faster. And mm. it's, of course, easier just from a practical point of view, it's easier getting people on a Zoom than it is trying to align calendars for when yeah. people are physically in the office. So um, the logistics of it. I mean, we, we, we recently yeah. published a paper actually around graduate recruitment where mm. um, we've done a lot of, you know, major graduate volume recruitment. And we recently did one for a software company based in Reading, where in the past, this would have maybe taken us with the logistics and you've probably done graduate programs mm. to get them all in the same place while they're doing their degree. It's hard, isn't it? You know, it's not easy to do it. Um, and we were able to find fill 20 graduate roles. There's probably more graduates available at the moment, but 20 graduate roles in three weeks. And that's wow. unheard of, that's really. You know, these are tech graduates as well, not, yeah. not uh, you know, not customer service or anything like that. It's, and it was really impressive. And, and, and really that was really down to that fast process mm -hmm. and the fact that the company was fully happy to, to run through in a remote way as opposed to getting everyone in a big room or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I know we're going to come on to talk about it, but I think young people as well will will, will start to make different career choices. Yeah. You know, how many young people have been inspired by our NHS and may decide to follow a career path there instead of what they 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 may have imagined a few years ago. So yeah, we're gonna see all those kinds of changes. Um yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully a good change. So I think yes, it's it's interesting that there, yeah, there has been challenges, but also positive outcomes for it and you've you've seen that yourself and and then we talked about onboarding and, and i think you obviously work closely with managers in your organizations um, mm. in order to to build those teams so what guidance would you offer managers who are, mm. are really struggling to connect with those teams remotely and and how to build that strong yeah. team engagement i think for managers in particular from smaller companies i mean it's look it's, it's challenging for everybody but but if you work for an established brand that has invested in um support programs you know you've already got the infrastructure in place but managers working for smaller brands smaller uh teams smaller headcount smaller overall headcount um I, I, you know i think have struggled to try and get um 
uh, team collaboration, to make team yeah. collaboration work virtually. Um, and I think, you know, to simplify it, because there's so much you could say, and, and a, lot of, a lot of it, <clears throat> again, sounds really obvious. And it will be obvious to the people who are doing it really well. Um, yeah. It will be obvious to the people who are doing it really well. But um, for those managers that do need um, that support, I would simplify it into, in, in, into three key pieces of advice. Yeah, yeah. And the first is that um, I would reinforce purpose um, and mission um, mm. at every available opportunity and um, to the point where you're over communicating it. Um, sure. So people need to know what's the roadmap of the company, what's, how does my individual contribution um, affect that, what difference can I make? Um, so it's really about that purpose piece mm. and um and then i to guess celebrate. it's important to have a purpose and mission to start off with right so if you can oh, if right, you can't right. reinforce right. it you better go and work yeah. out what it well, is uh, yeah and i think you know companies who don't haven't clearly communicated that are going to be struggling now mm. um so that creates an opportunity to, to, to work on it I mean and and you know where where you are seeing whims to celebrate those to remember to um you know recognize when people yeah. are making positive contributions despite the uh you know despite the challenges and the isolation so so yeah so the first is to reinforce purpose and mission um wherever possible okay number two is to ask not assume so um, I think that, you know, we've got variation in, in personal circumstances and we know that um, isolation is primary factor in, in, in uh, me mental health. Um, so you, you really need to connect with your team on not just a team level, mm. team teams and team events and so on, but on a, on a, on a personal and individual uh, level um ask questions don't assume be empathetic um you know and keep asking and and try to keep some of those conversations as spontaneous as you can so you know rather than a kind of formal weekly uh you know yeah. it's nice to have something in the in, in in the diary but you know just check in with people i think they really appreciate that i've been really lucky in both of the companies that I've worked for during, um, you know, the last year, and they've just really set the standard, you know, very, very high. Um, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I've appreciated as well is the flexibility to have those team meetings um, and conversations off outside of Zoom. So you can yeah. do a walk and talk. You know, it doesn't have to be, it's a phone call. It, it, you don't have to be chained to your laptop and actually encouraging your team to do that, um, to, to get up and walk around, you know, walk about, take exercise, take breaks wherever possible. Do you so, know what, Dave, you, you, we had this conversation when we were talking about this conversation at mm -hmm. uh, this, this session, and you said to try and put calls through to your team. So I've been yeah, trying to do that. I've been trying to do two a day, every day since we spoke. Oh, it's been very, very positive. That's so that, oh, that's, good oh, advice. I'm so yeah. pleased. And, you know, to do that by phone call just gives people the freedom that they, like I said, that they're not chained to their laptops. Um, yeah. And, you know, you, you kind of get to know people when it's a little less formal. You're never really going to really get to know people and understand yeah, their personal circumstances. And look, some people are going to be 
you've got a difference between introverts and extroverts here. Some people can be more guarded. Others will want to share their circumstances. You don't know. Maybe, you know, they could have, they could be living with family who are emergency mm. service workers, um, healthcare workers, um, you know, you know, have they got dependents? Are they caring for older relatives? Do they feel isolated? Are they in a shared house where actually it's not that easy to, um, you know, they, they may not have a, a, a desk set up even. Um, so everyone's circumstances are different. And actually um, part of being empathetic is understanding that and making allowances and reasonable adjustments to the way that you work. So, you know, for example, not, you know, giving people the option whether or not they turn their cameras on for meetings. Mm. Um, that's something that um, the BBC does really well. And you never feel pressure to no. to be tuned in on your, on, on, you know, on your camera. Because there's just days sometimes where you, you know, it, 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 it's a camera off day. That's right, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's usually a Monday morning for me. Um, I think every day should be a camera off day for me, uh, but uh, I usually have it off. So, 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 so yeah, ask empathize, listen, be spontaneous with your communication and have regular check-ins on an individual yeah. level um, is the second piece of advice. And then finally, and we just touched on it a bit, is, you know, tr it, balancing um, autonomy with, yeah. um, with flexibility and, um, and being supportive. So, you, you know, you want to, you want to be checking in with people but equally, you want to be giving them the flexibility to work autonomously. So you've kind of got to get the balance between the two. And that's just about, you know, having an understanding of people's individual circumstances, how they like to work and reminding them to to, to be um, to work as flexibly as they can. Um, obviously, each business will be uh, it, it will have its own set of challenges, but where possible. Um, you know, allow people to work autonomously. And I think that's easier in cultures where there's already trust. Yeah, um, I think, I think that's a big thing. I mean, we've talked about it a lot on the leader series is that whole trust element. I think that the forward thinking leaders have really learned a lot about trust in this last 12 months, whereas maybe they wouldn't have the trust before. But now I think people realise that actually it's not so much are you going to do any work? But actually, I need to stop you doing work and you need to disconnect at certain points so that you can kind of yeah. you know, you can't stop working. And, 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 you know, we've, you know, we're not even going there with the challenges of kind of a virtual working because it's a whole other session by itself, isn't it? And having that um, end point to your day, yeah. Yeah. You know, especially if you're living in a crowded house where you don't have a study, you don't, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're your living room is one room and, and that's where you're doing your work that's where you're eating that's where your family is etc you know it's it's it isn't easy um but that's a yeah. whole other that's a whole other yeah. session yeah. but just just to recap on the three on 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 the three pieces of advice it's mm -hmm. um reinforcing purpose and mission yeah ask don't assume yeah and balancing autonomy with support autonomy yeah. flexibility with support so and, and making people yeah. So the last question we've got is, and I think this is really, really important, as we, as we look forward now, um, we know there are major changes that have happened in all, in all areas of industry, mm. and they will all have effects on the staff attraction and retention landscape post-COVID, however we come out of this. Hopefully we will come out of this. It'd be nice if we did at some point. What, what do you think would be the main changes that, that you can see as a, 
as a as a as an HR expert that you can see going forward that we should all be aware of? I think there's a whole host of positives. So um, I think. Uh, what do I think the future landscape is going to look like? Okay, so I think that the location of the workforce is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with another obvious point, sorry, but the location of the workforce is going to have changed. Yeah. So we may see more international hiring. We may have people who um, currently based in the UK who, you know, request to go to another uh, a, a, another part of the world to actually do yeah. their, their work. Um, people are obviously not going to be commuting in the way that they were because i think very few people will return to a a full-time um in the office uh, yeah. kind of job so i think you know we're, we're going to have a combination of zoom and room meetings in the future i think mm -hmm. um, which mm -hmm. could pose some difficulties <laughs> logistically yeah. and technically uh -huh. for some companies who don't have the infrastructure. Um, I think the second thing is that employers will need to look at well-being more holistically and mm. be prepared to, to put more resources behind offering employee support. Mm. Um, this, so they'll, you know, for those who've already got services and programs in place, we'll see an expansion of that, I think, in the future. Yeah. Um, you know, I think people will feel more uh, comfortable discussing topics such as mental health. Mm. Um, and I think there'll be a focus on on people's mental and physical well-being. Um, not just only, care. not just only, um, I think so, I've always felt in the past it's always been an add on, like a benefit. You know, OK, yeah, we'll give you gym membership because other companies are doing yeah. it. But, yeah. And it's just to kind of keep up with the changes. But now I think. Yeah because people aren't having that way of connecting the team working and the, the, the kind of social aspects that work brings mm -hmm. that you need to, to kind of almost encourage people to, to get out of their house, to do things, to, to interact, even to kind of keep themselves fit and healthy, because otherwise you could just sit in your, in, like you said, in your room, maybe watch Netflix, maybe eat, maybe work and that's it, isn't it? You know, you want an engaged and motivated workforce. Yeah. So that's where it starts. Yeah. Um, what else? So I think we will see uh, some leaders who won't make it. I think that, you know, it's a real test whether you can lead in a time of crisis. And I think that some leaders will surface to the, um, will will um, pass that test. I think that others won't. Um, and I think that it will, I think the new generation of leaders will be a much more flexible, empathetic, um, employee engagement focused kind of leader yeah. um yeah. you know not all leaders are good communicators but i think this has been a real test of that hasn't it yeah um, that's right. and, and then and being able to work in like collaborative ways rather than just command and control like do this do this yeah. because as you said you need you need people to be self-motivated and bought into what they're doing because otherwise they probably won't do it will they and you need leaders to be decisive and mm -hmm. concise in their communication. Yeah. Um, coming back to the kind of mission and purpose, that starts with good leadership. Yeah. Um, so I think that we will benefit from deeper connections with our colleagues. Um, I think we'll find new levels of connection through, the, through our shared experience. 
of the lockdowns. Um, and, you know, we'll have an appreciation of people's life outside of work. Mm. Um, and I think that's a real positive. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, you, you kind of meet people's children, don't you? Or see their dogs or, you know, or like, yeah. like you said, walk, talk <laughs> to them when they're walking around the shops or something. It's not always in the office, you know, you get yeah. to know them a bit more. And I think that's really nice, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think in terms of work processes themselves, I think and we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think we'll see some reduction in bureaucratic processes. Mm -hmm. um, I think that in order to work more seamlessly, um, companies will need to reduce that those kind of roadblocks. And I think that it's been a perfect time to, to look at that, to look at processes and look at where investments need to be made. Yeah. And then finally, office space. And this is going to be the big shift, isn't mm -hmm. it? Um, because we're going to have renewed appreciation for our offices. Um, they are going to be different for a long time to come. Um, but I would hope that eventually they'll become much more sociable places. Um, remember what it was like to be sociable at work? I know, God, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember actually, no. Yeah. You know, and, you know mm. there'll be a less requirement for desk space mm. um, for the most part. So, you know, we'll be able to create more innovative and kind of um, creative spaces. Yeah. Um, and just talking about, uh, just going back to the work processes and re reduction in bureaucracy, uh, um, I think will times of crisis also um, lead, uh, give way to opportunity. So mm. new ways of working, innovation, you know, we'll see lots of small businesses that have been set up during the last year. Um, as you know, many businesses have failed, but, you know, new ones will come along to replace them. Mm. So, you know, change um, is kind of change yeah. is inevitable and um, I think there are going to be lo lots of positives to come out yeah. of it. Well it's good to hear uh, you giving those positives Deb I think it's been great to to really listen to someone who's got such experience in, in working in these areas and has really obviously thought very deeply about um, what the changes will be what the challenges will be but hopefully what the, the positive outcomes will be for, for all of us because we're all we're all here we're all working together so yeah, thank you very much for your time today thank and you. Uh, i uh, i i look forward to uh, speaking over the next uh, uh, few few weeks and months thank you very much mm -hmm.